Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, August 12th, 2013, and it's time for 10 Dozen Minutes of Jick and Mr. Skullhead with Jick and Mr. Skullhead, featuring Jick and Mr. Skullhead. I am Mr. Skullhead, and Jick is coming to you from an undisclosed location. I'm Jick, and Mr. Skullhead is right. That's it going, uh, buddy? That doesn't happen very often. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take you know. it when I can get it. I don't like to admit it, but it happens more often than I like to admit, which is never. So it's like arguing with my wife. Even if I'm right, I'm maybe not quite right. Mm-hmm. Not quite right in the head. Or like arguing with the dude where I'm not wrong, I'm just an asshole. Yeah, that's usually the case with me, at least. How have you been, Mr. Skullhead? That's the question that always makes me think back over the last couple of days and see if I can remember how I've been. <laughs> you would think, You would think that we would at any point during the Monday, which is an entire day. I, I don't know if you know this, listeners, but Monday is an entire day uh, leading up to these recordings that we would maybe think about what we would want to talk about. Uh, in oh, the, I do. In Sometimes I think, you know, I should file this for our uh, show discussion. I don't actually write it down anywhere. Like, I don't have a moleskine or anything or a, a typewriter. I have actually, for the first time in a long time, I have a post-it note with two things that I want to talk about. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, no, I know. But but you have to go first, buddy. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing that happened in the past week was I got kind of hammered with my in-laws last night or two nights ago. Okay. So I... We went up there for uh, just to have dinner and hang out, and after we put Ollie to bed, they did a campfire, and uh, my mother-in-law has gotten into doing Jaeger bombs. Aha. Uh-huh. From, like, a friend of hers introduced her to them, so before I did the grilling for dinner, she gave, made me two Jaeger bombs, and after dinner, she gave me two more. And then we were just kind of sitting around the fire drinking, and I drank four beers, which is a, a huge amount of beer for me. Oh, I thought you were going to say you had two more, because you treat Jaeger bombs the way the guy from Sublime treats joints, which is to say right. that you drink two before you drink two, and then you drink two more. Well, I drink two before I drink two, but then I don't go on to drink two more, because by then I've switched to beer. It could be one of those complicated logic puzzles, like I drink two before I drink two, and I drink two after I drink two. How many did I drink? Four. Haha, <laughs> tricked you. Hmm. I always thought that that was weird because it, it seems like any of the joints in that scenario would have the must have two before and must have two after apply to them, so you would never be done. Right. It's sort I of like the infinitely that, tall stack of Ritz, except it's just that guy never stops smoking pot. Except presumably he is not smoking pot now that he is dead. Oh, maybe they buried him with an eternal flame of marijuana. Oh, okay. So that he could continue to smoke in the afterlife. Maybe they had his uh, ashes mixed into the glass to make a bong. Oh, okay. You don't really smoke joints out of a bong, though. No, it's true. Maybe they just uh, tossed his body atop Jim Morrison's grave where all of the kids drop joints off. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, if there is not a company that will take your ashes and spin them into a bong, there probably should be. Mm Mm-hmm. You you could uh, make a you and uh, like say a million other stoners could all become diamonds and then have the diamonds be used to make a bong. Oh yeah, you know that some wealthy wealthy pot smoker would smoke pot out of. Are you do you mean a diamond studded bomb or bong or a bong made out of diamonds? I think a solid diamond bong. Okay, so just a diamond that's been hollowed out with a. What do you use to cut a diamond? Mm, 
Uh, diamond. Yeah. It's the hardest metal. What do you use to fight fire? Um, a diamond. Fi- yeah. <sighs> yeah, so like that was my big weekend. So Jaegerbomb is Jaeger in Red Bull? Is that still? She, she does Monster, uh-huh. which is almost identical in flavor and more acceptable to me morally. Really? Why is that? I would have thought less, because I certainly feel that it is less. With Monster? Yeah. Because I feel like that imitators of Red Bull are more reprehensible than Red Bull is disgusting. See, my... When Red Bull came out, I thought to myself that I would try it. And I tried it, and it was gross. And worse than gross, there were like six ounces or eight ounces of it in this little like four dollar can and then i went to a couple of scottsdale bars which was stupid of me to do but i kept doing trying to you know trying in my own special way to pick up women which is trying by not trying at all and hoping that something just happened Mm -hmm. so i would go to scottsdale which was a problem and I saw all of the, like, stuck-up Scottsdale bitches drinking the Red Bull in Kettle One because it was, like, a $15 drink. Right. And so that kind of cemented the way I felt about Red Bull was just, like, horrible people paying way too much for something that sucks. hmm So, like, when Monster came along, like, it tastes a little less foul, and it comes in a 16-ounce can for, like, two bucks. And, uh, you know, I can't hang a judgment on anybody who drinks it so like my hatred of red bull is mostly irrational but it is definitely like i would rather drink anything else than red bull pretty much yeah i mean it's we make fun of energy drinks a lot and while while it would be possible to stand on a little chair made out of michael pollan books and say like no this is just indicative of everything that's wrong with the world um, it isn't any wronger with the world than soda, you know? I mean, it's just fucking soda True. that is pretending to be good for you. Probably the way that soda used to. It has more caffeine than soda, but I gather still less than coffee. Yeah. So it's still not, not as hard to the core. Yeah. I mean, I guess if the branding is to be believed, like Red Bull... Monster is kind of for douchebags. Like your tap out shirt comes with a free can of Monster. Okay. Is tap out one of those things like Stussy or Massimo? It's just like a brand. That's all it is. Yeah, that's all it is. Like what is tap out? They're the people who make tap out shirts. Yeah, I mean, uh, the shirts are based, like, they're marketed at people who enjoy mixed martial arts fighting where, where getting someone to tap out is how you win. Okay. Or, you know, knocking somebody unconscious, but presumably. Knockout was already taken. Where are they on the Cartesian plane relative to Ed Hardy? Probably, I don't know about Cartesian plane, but probably overlapping a whole lot in a Venn diagram. Okay. Where there is a circle called douchebags, and both Ed Hardy and Tap Out are inside that circle. Here is a here is a question. I know that I know that you and I feel pretty much the same way about this but you you are sometimes a guy who has more ability to get your mind inside the mind of somebody who doesn't feel like we do about a thing 
what is the deal with airline food? What is the deal with name brand clothing? Like when, when we were in high school, why would someone wear a Massimo shirt or a Stussy shirt when they could have worn a plain colored t-shirt of significantly higher manufacturing quality and at a fraction of the price. Mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, I think for high schoolers it makes sense because as a high schooler you're still trying to form your identity. So you have an ad campaign that is, hey kid, do you ride a skateboard? And like, no, but I could. I could be skateboarding guy. That could be the guy that I am. Like, okay, well then you're going to want this Massimo shirt. Well, but did did were there commercials for Massimo that showed dudes skateboarding? Were there ads for it? I never saw any ads for it. And so I never I would think it's more the like the clothing catalogs and shit, like the circulars you get from Target. Okay. I don't know how that is a good question though. I don't know how we got those ideas. But it was kinda like, Hey kid, do you wish that you could ride a surfboard? Fuck yeah I do. Well then you're gonna want this Stussy shirt. I mean Big Johnson (laughs) at least said something, right? Like each of them was like it was a shirt that was like, oh, I have a big penis, or I am wearing a shirt with a joke about having a big penis on it, and then maybe there's like a picture of some girls in bikinis with big old titties, or whatever. It says something about surfing, or it says something about monster trucks, or it says that something in about a, car racing, or whatever. Between uh, Big Johnson and uh, No Fear and Coed Naked, I yeah. think the, uh, the shitheads of the school kind of had their stuff covered. I mean, No Fear also, like... While I would not have worn a No Fear shirt, uh, I could at least, I could at least like understand why someone would wear a shirt with a slogan that was inspiring to them. You know, I mean, I yeah, would it, not... meant, it meant something in a way that Massimo yeah, was just exactly. a dude's name. Like, at least yeah. it had a thing that it was saying, and it's like I don't. What I don't understand is why teenagers, and I mean, I guess this is. Uh, I guess that there are just sort of different modalities of thinking. And this is another way of me just like not being able to escape my own modality, which is like, all right, so I either want to just blend into the scenery so that no one like knocks my books out of my hand today, or I want to be flipping everybody off with both hands because I am fucking deciding what kind of person I am, not you guys. Right. Hmm. And I cannot imagine anything other than those two positions, right? Like I cannot imagine like looking at what other people were wearing so that I would know what to wear because I would just fuck it up. I would do it wrong. I wouldn't do it wrong. It's just that I was already doing it wrong. Right. Right. If I had showed up dressed like the cool guys, the cool guys would make fun of me for trying to be like the cool guys because there is something ineffable. I mean, it's like, it's like I don't understand why women are so creeped out by me when I do the same things that I see guys that are successful with women doing. And it's like, well, because you're creepy. So everything you do is creepy. Right? I feel like, you know, we were dorks, and so everything we did was dorky. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is weird. Like, all of the cool kids are wearing this outfit. And they're wearing that outfit because they're cool. But they're not cool because they're wearing that outfit. 
and yet they would be less cool if they weren't wearing it, but I don't get more cool when I wear it. Yeah. And, you know, that's super strange. Uh, see, I was the guy who I wanted to belong to some kind of clique, but none of them really appealed to me, so I didn't really know. You know, like, when I was in elementary school, say, I had, like in sixth grade, I had a pair of cowboy boots. And I liked to wear them because, like, they reminded me, for one thing, to put my heel down when I was walking and not walk on my toes. And I liked the way that they looked, and I enjoyed wearing them. And when I got to junior high, it was all of a sudden, you can't wear those unless you're going to be one of the cowboy kids. Hmm. And you can't be one of the cowboy kids because we're all the cowboy kids and we're going to kick the shit out of you if you don't stop wearing those. So I, I had to stop. Like, I couldn't wear the clothes that the skater kids wore because everyone would think I was in that clique and then think I was shitty at it. And so I, I ended up wearing some weird combination of like Christian t-shirts and plain solid-colored undershirts with solid-colored shirts buttoned half up over them. Yeah. And yeah. that was that was pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I so don't look Don't didn't, look to me to explain how cliques work. <laughs> I didn't pick out my own clothes, you know, and I didn't mind. Like, I never, there was never any, pre- like, usually if my mom asked me to express a preference, I wanted, like, the plainest, cheapest thing that they had. And mm-hmm. so I, I think she was okay with that. You know, she was on board with spending less money. My, so my mom's sister, like, a really, really significant amount of the money that she has spent in the last 30 years has gone towards buying designer-labeled clothes for her children. Like, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right, mm. like really, really significant portions of her income are spent on clothing. And I think my mom rejected that. And I probably got a little bit of the swing in the other direction just through osmosis. But it's, you know, I guess those kids were cooler than me, my, my cousins on that side. But I mean, they don't, they don't seem all that cool. They like get a lot of DUIs and you know, they have a lot of, they have a lot of kids in single parent households. I mean, if you're, if you don't have that charisma and that social ease, it's not going to matter what you're wearing. Like it can maybe help you be less of a target, but it's not going to get you popular. I mean, I think what we eventually found is that by say wearing a shirt for some obscure band, that we that you know that we like you will see the other kid with the they might be giant shirt on and then you will know which kid in this group of 100 kids that you can be friends with yeah which you know but but that's the that's the the issue right is that what that is an again uh, a shirt that indicates something about you whereas the Massimo shirt, the Stussy shirt, the, even the, the like, I mean, I guess to us, the, a guy wearing a tap out shirt, like that indicates that it's like, ah, it's probably a guy that I don't have a lot in common with, but like Jamin wears those shirts and he's a good guy. Yeah. I mean, like it, part of growing up is finding out that somebody can be super into AM to MMA and like pro wrestling and still be an interesting person worth having a conversation with. Yeah. Instead of like, well, his identity is so far off of what mine is that we don't think about the fact that everybody is, you know, we all contain worlds. 
I, uh, I suppose. I once a, a girl that I a girl that I dated really briefly a few uh, a few years ago. I asked her. Uh, she had gone on a shopping trip with Kevin and bought him some clothes, and you know they looked good. They looked like you know sort of grown up, halfway stylish clothes. And I was like, ah, you know, do that, do that for me. Uh, but really, all I want is pants. So just send me somewhere to get pants. Where should I go to get pants? What should I say to them? So she said, uh, you. The way that you're built, you should wear Lucky brand jeans. So go to the Lucky brand jeans store and just tell the girl there that you want some jeans that look good on you and she'll work with you on it. And Hmm. the experience was fine. You know, going in, I said, hey, man, I know nothing about clothes, but my girlfriend said that I should come here and have the girls that work here dress me. (laughs) And so, you know, tried on a bunch of stuff, evaluated them and took them home. They were like hundred dollar pairs of jeans, right? Yeah, garbage just started falling apart as soon as I started wearing them were deeply uncomfortable because they were just cut like two inches too low and it was like like I feel like these are like jeans for like a 15 year old girl that is my size right right it's like I if I wear these jeans like there's pubes sticking out of the top of them and that is not okay and so I eventually just like ended up giving them to goodwill like a year later after I realized that I had only worn them for a couple of weeks and then just put them on the shelf because I was like, ah, I just don't want to wear those. I want to wear these other ones that actually fit me and are comfortable. And yeah. And then the ones that if you pull them up, so they're at the right spot on your waist, they don't just pinch your nuts. Yeah. Like I don't like having to dress one way or another when I'm wearing jeans. Okay. Right. I like for there to be room for my balls. Like, uh, was it, uh, what was the president? Was it Truman that there's that recording of him leaving a message for his tailor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Johnson, maybe. Yeah. Johnson was kind of a dirty, dirty bastard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've bought, like, before I just started buying jeans at the Goodwill, where they're all from 10 years ago when the world made sense. <laughs> like, I bought a couple of pairs of modern jeans, and they just have. They have no consideration for the fact that guys have balls. It's like, unless I want these at pube level, I have to raise... Like, to get them the, like, third of the way up from my pubes, you know, like, between my pubes and my belly button where I want to wear them. Like, I'm not trying to hike them up to my armpits or anything, but, yeah, it definitely the, the ball squeeze... And it's, right. yeah, it's I just I felt like I could never get them to the point where you couldn't see my stomach underneath all of my shirts. I was like that. Nobody wants to see that. Like what? Am I also supposed to replace all my shirts with shirts that are two inches longer? And like, yep. why do I want to just dress like a guy with shorter legs than I have? Why is that <laughs> something that I want to read as to somebody just doing a visual scan? <clears throat> Maybe you should start sagging, bro. I feel like we were like this even before we got old. Yeah, but this is the thing that people will listen to and just say that we've gotten old. This is the the thing though is that people it has become the norm to wear your pants under your ass. And pants are starting to be designed so that it will be easier for you to wear them under your ass. So when you want to wear them where pants go, they're designed they're not designed to be there. <laughs> like they're becoming purely decorational. Strange. I like it. So, when you got drunk with your in-laws, did you uh, did you oh, share any secrets? Did you say anything that you regretted? 
No, we we just talked about all the world's problems and how to solve them. Yeah. And then uh, I smoked a bunch of cigarettes, which was kind of dumb. But then in the morning went running, and uh, it was fine. Yeah? There was no... uh, I didn't cough up the lung I figured I would, like sitting in front of a campfire all night smoking. So that was good. Well, good. Um... Uh, Mr. Frontalot came through and uh, delivered unto this household the the plague that he brought with him from PAX Australia, and everyone here is sick. I, uh, yeah, that's nice of him to bring you a present all the way from Australia. It was. It was. He kept it inside of him. It was like a little piece of him and a hmm. little piece of every nerd he touched while he was there, which if I know him, it was a lot of nerds. Yeah. Um, I've got a real minor case of it. I've got, you know... I got got a little bit of got a little bit of blood up in my face holes, but uh, I don't really have the sore throat that everybody else seems to be laid out. Hot with. stuff. When hot stuff gets sick, he does it like he does everything else. Yeah, he wholeheartedly committed and full bodiedly. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, and Emily's Emily's uh, having some trouble too. Although she is she was uh, nice enough to go get me some ramen during this show. Oh, that's lovely. Um, but yeah, so it's been kind of. It's been kind of low energy around this place. We went yesterday with Psyche, who was in town uh, for a bit, to do uh, a like a real world escape the room game thing that they do up in Japantown here. Oh, cool! Uh, that was great. We did not escape, um, and they are real particular about you not really describing any details about it. Hmm. Uh, but it was fun. It was. Uh, it was a. I could I could imagine a lot of ways in which I would not like it going in, you know, because it's it's such an exciting idea that it's like the 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 realization of it can only disappoint me yeah. in some ways. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It did not what I was what I was worried about was it was like, all right, now solve this Sudoku or whatever. You know, just like all the parts of LARPs or scavenger hunts that I don't like. Uh but that are things that you do if you don't have the kind of mindset that makes you want to produce a lot of content or be able to do so easily. Hmm. Um, but they did a good job and it was fun. And we were, we spent a lot of, we wasted a tremendous amount of time on what we thought was the next step, but wasn't, um, and just missed actually finding some objects just out in the world that would have made us a lot more likely to be able to solve it. Uh, huh. Which was disappointing. I mean, once we found it, because what was nice is that they did a little postmortem where they explained everything that we didn't figure out. Um, and but what was what was disappointing was that it like there was a tremendous amount of energy expended on a what turned out to be an entirely irrelevant section of a of a larger puzzle. That is what we spent all of our time on because we figured if this if this is this hard and this complicated and relies on this many things, this has to be the thing that we are missing, right? Hmm. But what, in fact, we were missing was a thing that was taped to the side of a thing that just nobody found. Huh. Um, yeah. Now we know how our players play feel solving rift puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess in some way, any puzzle like that is a... A gauge of how much you think like the person who designed the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. Would it be a mark of someone who was very good at creating puzzles that it didn't require you to think like they do to solve them, or is that even possible? 
Well, I mean, with an easy puzzle, it is, right? Like, because then it doesn't really matter. The puzzle is not, to any real extent, a reflection of you. So it doesn't really require... You know, I mean, you don't have to think like the guy that writes the crossword puzzle on the placemat at Red Lobster to solve that, right? Right. Um, you know, it's. I think it is only puzzles that are meant to require a, a leap of insight, like puzzles that don't present themselves as what they actually are, mm-hmm. um, where that becomes really important. But, you know, this wasn't really, this wasn't really like that. It was, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't say much about it without spoiling it, but it was just, it was just very, it was a thing that we would not have done if we were designing it. And I mean, I guess that's it, right? So we weren't thinking like them. We were thinking like us if we had been building this thing, which is, I think, just the curse of like being the kind of person that's interested in that kind of stuff is that you, you know, yeah, it's hard to turn off the critical voice. Yeah, but I would rather be who I am and constantly be evaluating entertainment experiences for ways in which I might try and improve on them rather than just, you know, shutting my brain off and enjoying them. I would rather I would rather be me than be able to really enjoy you know, Life. District 9 or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I really did enjoy District 9. But it's, I mean, I can enjoy, you know, I don't like go to a park and think I would have laid this park out different. Or like climb a mountain and think like, uh, that was the, the the leveling curve on this mountain was a little off. You know, it's mostly just on. So what you do is you go to the park and then you recreate the park in Minecraft. Yeah. And fix all of the things that were wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so the two things that I that I left myself notes about. Speaking of getting old, do you realize, Mister Skullhead, that? The green Skittles are no longer lime, but have become green apple. I haven't had Skittles in a while, but that's freaky. seems to be a permanent change. They're labeled. The bags are still labeled with it. And maybe they're just test marketing it. You know, maybe they're going to send it back. And I got to say that if Skittles had always been this way, I would have said that's better than if these were lime flavored. But changing it on me after all these years. You're not going to be that guy, are you? No, I'm not. But I'm. I can feel it. I can. I can. I, you can understand, I understand where that guy's that coming guy from a little more now. Yeah. Because right. it was good. I, uh, the way it was. You know, Emily is especially upset because the lime ones were her favorite. I would often give see, her the lime ones out of any given handful of Skittles. All of this assumes that Skittles have flavors that are discreet enough that oh, they absolutely do. you would enjoy one more than the other, and you would eat them. One at a time? They absolutely do. Have we had this argument before where you say that all Skittles taste the same? No, I mean, like, I would say all Skittles taste the same because I have never, ever just eaten one Skittle of a particular color. Oh, wow, I have only ever eaten one Skittle of a particular color. Yeah, I mean, the way that you eat Skittles is that you pour, like, five of them into your hand and pop them in your mouth and crunch on them. So, like, the the idea that the flavor of any individual one would be significant to me doesn't it, I don't eat them one Mr. at a time. Scully, the way that I eat Skittles is I dump some out on my desk and then I arrange them red, orange, yellow, green purple in rows and columns and whichever one I have the most of I eat one of those first and then I proceed in Roy G. Biv order 
And I believe you. Sorting by no, no, I mean, I'm not even fucking around. That is how I eat Skittles. But because of that, I always eat a Skittle at a time. Yeah. With M&M's, I mean, A, a I just don't eat M&M's because I don't like M&M's. It's, no. I don't dislike them. It's just that I don't understand why I would want to use, you know, part of my limited lifetime allotment of ability to eat candy on that. I can handle a Reese's Pieces, though. Yeah, no, I can handle a Reese's Pieces and often do. There's only three colors of those, which makes it a little easier. Yeah, and they're identical. Those are identical in flavor. Yeah, and M&M's are, too. For right? sure. I mean... Yeah, yeah. It, it is weird for me to think of, like, putting a single Skittle in my mouth and, like, chewing on it until it's gone and then selecting another. I mean, I'm not sure that I chew on it until it's gone. It, to me, that would be like sitting down in a movie theater with a tub of popcorn and chopsticks. Eating a kernel at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess... Maybe, I I, you know, I'm I'm a big fat guy. I'd take big bites out of life. I'd... Life and Eat sandwiches. Food by the handful. Yeah. <laughs> I like my candy by the handful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I see it's like eating sunflower seeds one at a time. Which you're not going to do either. See, I toss... Um, I actually only eat two or three at a time because I don't take them out of the shell. I just eat the shell. Oh, yeah. Same with peanuts. Really? Yep. Huh. Because I've known That's people... That's where that, all the salt is. I've known people that eat... I mean, so I, when I'm eating peanuts, I lick the shell before mm. I crack it and pop the nuts in my mouth because I like the salty. I like to lick the salty thing before I put the nuts in my mouth. Well, that's uh, is something that I've heard about. You. If you eat the entire sunflower seed, you're sort of, in my mind, you're A, uh, probably riddled with uh, perforations in your intestines. Uh, and, they do get sharp. And B, you're, you're sort of eliminating the ritual, which is the only point of sunflower seeds in my mind the like cracking them in your mouth and spitting the yeah just the, the 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 ministration i guess they're not are they only ministrations Do, does ministrations imply fingers i don't think so or no why did i think it did i'm thinking of monostrations hmm I mean, I guess ministrations, ministration. Let's look that up in the, the dictionary. <laughs> uh, the actor process of ministering. <laughs> Thanks. I would think so. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think you minister with your hands. Yeah, okay. Minister is one agent. So, yeah, it's just doing something. Or one officiating or assisting the efficient in church worship. Who would worship a church? Yeah, seems seems weird. Hmm. Certainly not the only game in town, because why did they build it? You know? Yeah. So you at least have to consider, what am I not worshipping by worshipping this? What's the opportunity worship? Uh, so the other thing. Uh, I had I had a thing happen today that, that reminded me of Boz Lerman's advice to live in Northern California once, but leave before it makes you soft. I found myself uh -huh. not getting upset about this, and then because I didn't get upset about it, I got upset with myself. Sitting in a cafe... As I as I do every once in a while, like I get I get up and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go drink coffee elsewhere, work on my laptop, do a little bit of my do a little bit of my writing that I do for my job, and uh, you know I sat for a while, had a couple cups of coffee, and then uh, guy comes in, sits at the table next to me, because yeah, I mean it's like you, they're at this particular cafe, it's got the kind of urinal thing where it's like if there's one person there, you sit as far away as possible, and then otherwise you just start leaving gaps, and then eventually dudes come in and pee on them, right? So. 
you yep, yep. You, you eventually the, the the whole space is occupied. Guy comes in with a little dog. It's like a a chihuahua, but not one of the scrawny, hairless chihuahuas. It was like maybe a chihuahua mixed with something that was a little little heftier. Or it mm. could have just been a fat chihuahua, but it was well behaved. It was calm and it was quiet, but it was running around off a leash. And I, uh, I got up and I went back. To, I went back downstairs to get another cup of coffee. And I came back, and the guy had just spread a bunch of dog food underneath the table that I was sitting at for his dog to eat. And I, huh. I came back, and I, and I was like, you know, my laptop was still sitting there, and my backpack was still on the bench. And I'm like, what? so I just kind of looked at it, and he was like, eh, just sit down. As soon as your feet are there, he'll leave. Like. <laughs> Okay, it's not. Thanks. I wasn't, I wasn't struggling to figure out what to do. I was struggling to figure out what the fuck, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, and then later on, he was like, oh, "Excuse me a second. And then he just reaches over and like tips up the table that my laptop and my cup of coffee are sitting on because his dog's rawhide bone has gotten stuck underneath the leg of the table. I'm like, what? Again. You didn't just pour coffee on my laptop, but what the fuck? <laughs> like, <clears throat> so I don't know how to feel about that, Mister Scott. So you figure out you figure that you should have been angrier, but you're starting to to be more uh, organic and hippy dippy about people being ridiculous about people. Yeah, about letting your letting your dog into the cafe the thing is it's just unavoidable right there there was the first time i encountered this where there was that sign posted at at another cafe here in town that said you know dogs are not allowed in this establishment according to state law however service animals are allowed and we are not legally required to ask you whether your dog is a service animal or not Mm -hmm. Uh, so basically the health department doesn't want fucking dogs running loose in restaurants but fuck that, we're going to let you bring your fucking dogs in here. Hmm. Which is the thing that frustrated me, and it made me start going to a different place, but every place is like that. So when it comes to making decisions about having animals in a restaurant that could affect everybody in there by one person's choice, that's good, but when it comes to what you're going to do to your kid's dick when he's an infant, can't you gotta have the government involved. I don't. Did that actually happen? I seem to recall it not happening. They were talking about it. They were pushing for it. But I mean, yeah. I mean I, but I think it might have just been like some citizen initiative. Right? They were pushing for it in the same way that somebody was petitioning the U.S. government to build a Death Star. Right. right. You know, I don't know. It could be. It's just weird to me the like, like the liberals who are actually the liberals that conservatives think all liberals are and the way that like your individual rights are super important except for all of these things that we want to tell you what to do like we're not the government shouldn't tell you whether you can bring your dog into a restaurant and fuck with all of the other people in there but the government should tell you that while you're in that restaurant you can't have a coke larger than eight ounces right well because i mean having a you know having a dog is a personal choice that you're making and that's just the correct thing to do right i mean it's it's not it's not like saying you can't let gays in here it's like saying you can't let dogs in here you know like mm. hey the service animal thing drives me fucking crazy because it's it's just 
again, you know how I feel about systems that are characterized by their abuse. And, you know, Frontalot's dog is classified as a service animal because it makes it cheaper for him to fly with the dog. You know, he doesn't have to, huh. like, it. Just he can just have the dog on his lap or whatever. And that's probably fine, you know? I wouldn't mind if I was sitting next to him and his dog was on his lap. But, like, God damn it, that is not what that's for. You know? True. That was not the decision that they made. I mean, it's just, like, if, if you figured out a way to... Uh, I don't know. I can, I'm trying to figure out a way in which, like, the Americans with Disabilities Act could just be abused. And I can't. Right? Hmm. I mean, it's like... You get your skateboard classified as a wheelchair so that you can do sweet tricks off those ramps. <laughs> like... Yeah, I, don't, I just... I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Because it's it's like... It is in so many ways, just California in general, is in so many ways like a bastion of progressive thought that when it gets extended to these just like, I don't know. I mean, you you might disagree with me, but I feel like if I, I do not need an animal with me to protect my emotional well-being. You know, right. I, I, I do not need the world to treat my cat as medicine. I am reluctant to admit that anyone needs that, right? But whatever, you know, if if it's like either that or you're institutionalized, fucking fine, whatever. I'm not like averse to there being some set of rules because what it probably is is like, you know, I don't, I like I think like a blind guy should be allowed to have a seeing eye dog in that cafe, mm-hmm. right? Because those dogs are trained not to, like, shit in the giant communal pot of soup. Hmm. But once you extend it to anyone for any reason, then mostly what it gets used for is, oh, I just don't want to leave my dog at home because my dog shits in the soup at my house while I'm gone. So I need to keep him with me all the time so he can shit in somebody else's soup. be different if i like dogs probably actually i do like dogs wouldn't be any different like the same thing i have a dog and i like him and having the dog has made me see the virtue in other people's dogs to the point where i I like enjoy the company of dogs at this point but like i don't know when people when we bought a dog people said oh my gosh now you're just never going to get to go anywhere unless you bring the dog and no, we crate trained the dog, so the dog has a home that he goes to when we're not in the house, and he just hangs out in there and is cool, and when we get back, he's fine, and so we can go out for an evening and not bring the dog, and he's probably happier than he would be in a coffee shop, like being made to sit down even though he's excited that there are all these people around. Yeah. Although I bet, I bet some of your more democratic of friends uh, think it's cruel. To, that, that the notion of crate training is cruel to dogs. It's more people who are into dogs but don't know anything about them who would think that. Yeah. Because it, like, from the dog's perspective, it's a like a safe place for them to be. And like, if you do it right, they enjoy being in there. Yeah. I mean, my only experience yeah. with it is my ex-wife having done it very wrong in a way that was cruel. And, yeah, you know. 
was finally, if you ask, finally if the you last ask the straw in, in which I'm like, all right, we're getting rid of this fucking dog if you don't stop doing this. And she didn't stop doing it. And so we got rid of the fucking dog. But mm. whatever. Let's say. Great training. Yeah, so I think of it as terrible, but. Right. You know, I'm, it, it's like, I don't think that there is this institutionalized system of cruelty to animals. I mean, I'm not, I'm no Michael Vick. I mean, what you, what you do is, hey, tiny puppy who doesn't know anything yet, if you go in here, you're going to get something awesome. And every single time he goes in there, for the first several months, he gets a treat or a toy that he only gets in there, or, or you know, like, peanut butter spread on a, a rubber ball or something, or, or on my dick. Yeah. And I knew you were going to hit that, so I hit it first. I know. Uh, you know where I was going was I... Those fucking rubber snowmen that you fill with peanut butter are probably the most disgusting single object that I can <laughs> think of right now. The thing that he has is just a... It's like a... An octagonal solid, kind of. So like a, a ball, but flat on eight surfaces. And a top and a bottom, so it's not just a cube. And it has slits in it that you put the peanut butter in, and he cleans that the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, I just, to me, it is like if there was a kind of candy that was like fun dip, except this is just like, this is like a little funnel that you just spit into until it fills up with spit, and then you drink the spit, because it tastes real good. And I'm... Well, I, I mean, if you're gag- a dog, that is gagging, awesome. I'm gagging a little bit just <laughs> saying that. I'm not even fucking kidding. Like, that yeah. that particular idea just grosses me out so much that I can honestly feel my gorge rising. Yeah, that's that's not what he's got. Yeah, okay. So, the, you know, like, given that method of training, it's like, this is my place where all my cool shit is. So, yeah, you know, if my people aren't here, I, I'm totally cool going in there. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the entirety of my experience with dogs has been when I lived on the farm and dogs live fucking outside. Like, Mm. obviously that's where dogs go, (laughs) you know? But I mean, that's the same instinct that that just leads me to believe, like, obviously no one should own a pet bird, Uh you know? That's just not a thing that we should do. Um, Fish? I don't know how I feel. Like... I think it's okay to keep fish as pets because they don't have any feelings. Right. I think it's okay to eat them because they don't have any feelings. Yeah. So anyway, those are my... The green the green Skittles and that guy at the cafe. Those were my two things. <laughs> I just feel like such a slob now with my Skittle eating. You know, I... I, I I've, I've arrived at uh, an instance of me being a hypocrite... I don't think that there's anything wrong with somebody who does not have glaucoma getting a medical marijuana card. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think the difference there is that I don't think that it should be illegal for somebody to smoke pot at their house. I do think that it should be illegal to have filthy animals running loose in restaurants. Right. You know? Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, Although I have less of a this law is defined by its mistreatment so it's a bad law mm-hmm. thing than you do like I, I'm still fine with duty free booze yeah I mentioned that in passing in pass- no I mean I you know and again I I don't think it's unethical for other people to do it I just think that it would be unethical and, hip- and hypocritical for me to do it 
you know, is where I got to, and so I'm just not going to. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm done trying to convince anybody, <laughs> but I'm also done trying to, you know, be convinced. So it's yeah, you know, I think there is this <laughs> there is this notion that like disobeying the health department is sticking it to the man. Yeah. And I have a really hard time thinking of the health department as the man. Yeah, it's kind of like the the libertarian dudes who are so opposed to, like, the FDA. And their regulations making it so hard for people, like, you know, the free market will handle it. If somebody's putting sawdust in dog food, people will just stop buying that dog food after a, a while. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, and and you know, man. again, I I I also complain a lot about overregulation of things. Like there is a, there is a small amount of of that sort of eh, ideal, idealistic like, but careless like libertarian prick inside of me. I, you know, I have a careless. I occasionally have a careless libertarian prick inside me. <laughs> Only when Larry's in yeah, town. Yeah. I kind of feel like. Anything that involves my health or safety, I am totally down with there being stringent government oversight. Like, I don't want... I'm fine with the man telling the guy who made the playground that the slide is too steep and it's gonna kill children, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, after a couple of children die, they will just stop buying slides from that place. You know, the trick is you're trying to keep people or animals from dying in the first place. Yeah, I, no, I, I know, I, I know, right. I understand that. I mean, and, I, and and part of it is part of it is just this this sort of like again, just being old. Like you know, we didn't wear seatbelts growing up. We didn't wear bike helmets, right? Mm-hmm. But that's whatever. But all of the kids that we grew up with that are now dead can't say you know. <laughs> Well, yes, I I didn't wear a seatbelt, then it turned out poorly for me. Yeah, it doesn't really, unless it's written on their tombstone. So people people my age that died that I was aware of, one uh, fell in an old well and drowned, and mm. uh, there was one suicide when we were in high school, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Her. Did you have Did you have classmates that got into accidents that? modern safety regulations would have prevented i guess there were probably car wrecks yeah yeah well see like by the time we were really aware of what was going on you know like the kids in third grade who were riding in the way back when they had a fatal car accident we weren't gonna hear about them yeah because we were too young one girl in high school died because she had some kind of like lung infection and her parents were Christian scientists oh, Okay, and didn't take her to the hospital until it was too late mm. that was weird like I was working at the hospital and I saw my math teacher and was like hey man what are you doing here and he just kind of stared past me and walked away and I found out later his daughter was in there fighting for her life and ultimately losing because uh, apparently God wanted her to die yeah I mean, I think really he wants that for all of us. Yeah. I mean, who? Some of those soothers. Otherwise, you're, you're, you know, he's just withholding your reward. Your eternal reward. <sighs> um, you ready for some KOL questions? Yeah, why not? 
Uh, Turtlegoise says, Do you think Morsi will be able to capitalize upon his vast base of support by young male Hispanic American immigrants to stage an eventual return to power in Egypt? Uh, you know what I don't know a goddamn thing about? Uh, current events. Political climate of the world. History. Right. Before I pulled up this page to read what you were reading, I thought you said, do you think Morrissey? Mm-hmm. I was like, God, I hope so. I mean, so. that's the joke, I think, now that you say that out loud, because Morrissey has a very strange, vast base of young Hispanic American fans. Oh, okay. okay. So that's a pretty good joke. Turtle guys. Turtle juice. Turtle goise. 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 W- well, you should probably not mention that anymore, Turtle Geist, because the more you ignore him, the closer he gets. That's true. <laughs> the, the more you ignore him, the closer he gets to absolute dictatorship. Of Egypt, mm-hmm. yeah. So, really, you're you're holding him up. You're, you're the guy who's talking about how he just lost the game. By the way, I just lost the game. Mm-hmm. I lost my DVD of the game starring Michael Douglas. I lost my DVD of For Love of the Game. Starring Kevin Costner. And rapper The Game in a beautiful romantic comedy. Oh, good. I lost my copy of Tin Cup. Um, I think it's somewhere in the kitchen. Another thing, he continues, why do Ye Old Body Limerick, The Orly Manual, and Squat Thrust Magazine have different levels of stat gain when thematically it seems like they should be more identical? I think it's because of their rarity in the places in which they drop. Um, hmm. You know. Wack asks you, what's your favorite Dread story? Uh, it's one of Riffs, and it's the Mama, I'm Cold one. Just really freaky and simple and direct. I think that one comes the closest to the creepypastas that we were trying to imitate. Oh, were you trying to imitate? Imitate? Keep keep. Uh, like most of mine, I was writing in the style of the like scary stories to tell in the dark, yeah, which I always confuse with sideways stories from Wayside School because I haven't read <laughs> either of them. Sideways stories, t- scary stories to tell in the sideways yeah, sc- Wayside yeah. School. Scary stories to tell where the sidewalk ends on the other side of Wayside School. Hmm. I don't know. What's your favorite dread story? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have mm. not actually read all of them. Um, and I don't remember. There were some that there were some that I liked a lot. There were, yeah, some that you hated. No, there were none that I hated. Tell me which one you hated. There were none that I hated. Uh, he whack also says, "What made you opt for the individual short stories as opposed to backstory?" Like I, that was where you started out out with us, right? It was just we want to write individual spooky stories for each monster. Yeah. But it wasn't even for, like, the monsters weren't really, their personalities hadn't really been solidified yet. And, I mean, they they sort of don't have solidified personalities because the art is randomized and the descriptions are randomized. You know, I mean, like, it's... Well, it was more like starting with the idea of a spooky werewolf. Yeah. What What spooky story can we tell about a werewolf? I think Dreadsylvania, like, with the shadowed art and everything is evocative enough that I wouldn't want a whole big backstory on it. Yeah. And I think just piling on extra creepiness in kind of a random and freeing way because like some of those stories are like they're in old folk myth style and some of them are like he went to the bar with his buddies and took a cab home. Yeah. 
So like being able to do it that broad was pretty cool. Yeah, shit. I don't. Also, being able to do that broad was pretty. I don't cool. remember which one. I specifically liked a lot. It was like about a, it was about a girl and her roommate. Oh, the uh, Mandy. Yeah. Oh, Mandy, you came and you gave that yeah. taken. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I like. You know, that. I, it was just like. Uh, you know, I don't know that. Like, I probably would have said that. The idea was that these were stories. In, I mean, they're stories in a book that existed in. Dreadsylvania, right? But it and they tend to refer to Dreadsylvanian people and village. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I mean, they have the same level of you know, like you said, they have the same level of uh, anachronism that a lot of our stuff has. And you know, just that's what a lot of our stuff has. Uh, new challenge path soon. Apparently, this is a thing mostly done by you. And unless I have time zones buggered, it should roll shortly after this show airs. Tell me about it. What didn't get completed in time? You know, everything got completed in time. Like it was just so done. You know, me and me and Hot Stuff had to make a bunch of items and figure out what they did. Uh, but that was, you know, we had like a week's worth of work that we had to do on it. And there's, uh, I meant to get more done today than I did. I'm kind of at a low ebb as I try to Lube. fight off the pax pox but uh there was surprisingly little of the oh shit we thought this was mostly done but it wasn't at all done yeah. and i think that the the holes that were there we knew where they were yep the items that needed to be thought of and there wasn't any like oh shit Scully proposed this whole giant mini game and didn't think through how it should be implemented. Right. It was very much like, here are the monsters. The monsters are already ready to go. Yeah. The you know. I mean, as our tools, I was about to just describe all the shit, and I'm not going to do that. But as our tools get better, you yeah. know, you guys, you and Riff can just do a lot more of the work. Just sort of. In, I feel like I made better use of them than I have in the yeah. past. So, so it's like I'm not going to tell somebody else to link these two things together when I can figure out it. how to do it yeah I mean that and that's yeah that's great um but yeah no I'm stoked I'm, I'm happy with the way that it came out my only my only worry is that it people are gonna feel split between that and the clan dungeon you know I had kind of mm. wanted the clan dungeon to be done earlier I mean I want everything to be done as early as possible but but um yeah you know it's good it's good and it, and you know it'll be there and Dreselvania will be there too and I guess people... It'll be interesting to see. Like, I, I'm never sure when I write something that comes with a lot of assumptions that this will be fun for people, if it is actually going to be fun for people, yeah. or whether I'm going to hear them go, what kind of bad-at-this-game idiot would think this was fun? Mm -hmm. So, you know, hopefully people will enjoy it. Yep. Uh, Wack continues. Tell me about homeowners association. Surely people have better things to do with their time than complain about how you spend yours. Have you ever met oh, any people, Wack? I've uh, I've always avoided. Never read our I've forums. Avoided homeowners associations. Always. I've never bought a house in a place that had a homeowners association. Um, I guess you, the place that the place that you lived uh, has got that condo association, but that mostly is a thing where we pay them and then they fix things outdoors and they take care of the landscaping and stuff well the one at the condo was also the like there are two ladders leaning against the house inside of your fence 
And you can have a maximum number of ladders of one. Oh, yeah. Or like when Erin uh, was living there and she had a rug that somebody like got filthy, so she washed it and then set it out to dry. And it came back that she got a letter like, there is a wet rug over your wall. You must remove it. And then like, <laughs> there is a dry rug over your wall. Like, please replace the screens on your second floor. You have missing screens on your second floor. You have been charged $15 for this letter. Like, the the guy is fixing the screens, and that's why he took them. Yeah, I guess that's it. <sighs> they, they insist that you have screens of a particular color, but it's a color that fades after a couple years, so you just have to replace mm. your screens every couple years. They must have a, you know, they must be colluding with some screen man. I really should have just had the dude take them off and turn them around and put them back on. Yeah. Right? Because you'd think that you would get, if the color's on both sides, then you can get twice as much. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, I don't... I, my, uh, most of the, most of the angst that came out in the Zombie Homeowners Association uh, for me was from just the bitch down the street from the first house that I have that's now just a rental house that uh, just calls the city on me constantly. But I've talked about that too much on too many podcasts. That's not even a homeowners association. I bought a house in a neighborhood where nobody gives a shit about that stuff except that one bitch. <sighs> Who was out there with a, a ruler yeah. making it's sure. uncharitable. It's uncharitable for me to assume that that woman is a bitch. Although, she was a bitch. I met her, and she was just nasty. She's like, you should tell your landlord about these weeds. And I said, I own this house, and I like them. I think that they are pretty. So I'm going to leave them there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then, she called the city. You should dig the whole thing up and plant a garden. Yeah. It started like an eight-year... Has it been eight years? I think it's been eight years. Hmm. She was old as shit at the beginning of that eight years, so probably won't be a problem much longer. Hmm. Uh, underscore Wass says, Is there any concern with how important and powerful clans have become? Is it part of a plan to guide players into a social structure and make connections so they're likely to continue playing after the first week? I mean, we've never really thought that way, but I'm not... I mean... I don't know. It seems like there's this weird tendency to comment on things like, are you concerned that you haven't paid any attention to this one aspect of the game and now it's it's disappointing or underwhelming? And then when we do pay attention to something, are you concerned that this new part of the game is too good and too important and overwhelming? <laughs> like, no. Um, generally, no. We don't have a lot of concerns about stuff like that. <laughs> We're not concerned about the things we're not thinking about. Yeah. What are you concerned about, Mr. Skullhead? Getting your kid through college? I'm, con- I'm concerned about what the queers are doing to the mm, soil. Yeah. I'm not concerned so much as terrified about that. Yeah. Uh, the Erosion Seeker says, Can we have chat messages slash yellow notifications to tell you who took you off a whitelist or kicked you out of a clan? This already shows up in the clan activity log, so I don't see why this can't happen. Well... Okay, it shows up in the clan activity log, which you can't see. That's why it can't happen. Like, I don't... This is one of those things, like, people want to know when 
somebody puts you on their ignore list or removes you from their contact list or whatever. And no, because there's no possible reason that you could have for wanting to know that except fucking drama and fuck that. You know, like Facebook knows better than to tell you when somebody unfriends you. And that is a thing that I appreciate deeply about Facebook. From my perspective, it's like, ah, you know, I friended somebody and it turns out they're annoying on Facebook. So I don't want to listen to this crap anymore, but I don't want to be mean to them, right? Because it's not like, you know, it's not like I would put a ball gag in their mouth if I met them in real life. It's just, eh, we want different yeah. things out of this internet thing. So whatever, I'm going to step away from this. And I don't want, you know, I don't want to just build in a system that can only make people feel bad right there's no there's nothing good that can happen by you finding out when somebody removes you from a whitelist right you will find out if it ever becomes relevant and you try to join that clan again and notice that it's not on your list anymore but like i don't want to draw attention to stuff like that because it's you know d- discretion is a thing that people have that makes the world a better place it's the better part of valor. It is. Uh, also, you know what a durian is, right? I found durian candy once. Did you know that people eat that on purpose? I don't know that I've ever actually encountered a durian in the in the wild. I, you know, that's a thing that I could totally find now. It is crazy. I so <clears throat> I thought that this was just either a joke or a mislabeling, but there was a there was a bin at the produce stand down down the stairs from me labeled tuna. Um. Apparently, tuna is the Spanish word for prickly pear fruit. Who knows? Yeah, not me for sure. I said, I don't know. It was on some stuff that looked like prickly pear fruit, and turns out it was. Like, dolphin-safe tuna is uh, Mm -hmm. a different thing. Like, it's pretty much Yeah, I mean, all tuna is dolphin-safe tuna because there aren't fucking dolphins in the desert. So that's interesting because olives are acetunas. Hmm. Which is a combination of acete for oil and tuna for whatever that shape is, maybe. Mm, okay. Maybe it, it's like oil fruit, maybe. I'm just going to look up tuna in a Spanish dictionary and see uh, <clears throat> see what that means. Mm, no, this is the wrong thing. Uh, this is not a... It's not a tuna. This is not. This is just a bunch of English words that contain the word tuna and translating them into Spanish. I, man, how does the internet work? That seems like a thing that would have been easy to search for, but it's not. Yeah, well, it's kind of like translate.google.com. Well, right, but I don't want that. I want, I want like, a Spanish, a dictionary of Spanish words where the definitions are in English, right? Mm. Like, because the, you know, the translator is only going to give you one thing, and that sort of isn't what I want. I want to know what that word means broadly. Who knows? Um, but I could get a durian, probably. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe I should seek out a durian. Have a durian and some natto. A durstian. Yeah, tuna equals prickly pear. Hmm. Um, they also, just in the produce section, there is just a stack of, like, the the, the big, broad chunks of prickly pear. Like the little oval... You know, the ovals about the size of your face that make up a prickly pear. And I didn't know there was anything you could do with that shit. What do you do with that shit? I've heard you cook them over, like, a campfire so that the spines all cook out, and then you can eat them like a pancake almost. Huh. 
they kind of have the, the, it, the it's like they're using the kind that doesn't have the spines on it that you see sometimes which I don't know if that's mm-hmm. just like a weird mutation well, no, they that's could, all grafted you like burn the you burn the spines yeah out. but no I'm saying these are they don't have spines oh, right. the ones in the thing don't have spines and also I've noticed this a lot like giant prickly pears in people's yards that just don't have thorns on them hmm. so I, I feel like there's so they're not like every rose sure yeah uh, Parse says, after a combat in Dreadsylvania, I can have three plants from the florist fire, mayflies dropping in Krugeran, the familiar in the crown of thorns, the familiar with me dancing for fat loot, item drops, kisses, relaxing by my campfire, stat gains. When using combat macros, we have the scroll when done command. Could we have some sort of option to do this automatically when not using combat macros? Hmm. I can see why you want that. And yes, I guess I have gotten used to, because of all the additional feedback we get on dev in fights, every fight screen is really tall and so I just instinctively just hammer on the scroll wheel when I'm actually playing turns um, right. but yeah that's a good point F says Scully you're much more svelte than I imagined also nice work on the YouTube songs take those comments how you will huh thanks guy though I shudder to think how fat you were imagining yeah it. I mean I was just, I was wondering if you were going to take them sarcastically <laughs> like because what does that mean? Take yeah. those comments how you will. Like, what does that mean? Just kidding. You're way fatter hey, than look, I imagined, and your videos yeah, are terrible. Yeah, you look really nice. Take that in the spirit in which it's intended. Well, wait a minute. It didn't occur to me to question it until you said that With last all due part. respect, yeah. you smell fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Ah, man. You know, I wasn't going to say anything, but you look really nice today. Hmm. Okay. Oh, thanks, guy. Cannonfire forty says new challenge path in a mere three days. Is it done? I'd presume so, but you can never be sure. It is. It's uh, it's in testing. Anything you can hint about it? Uh, but you know, it's back back to school. Back to school, buddy. Uh, let's. When I wake up in the morning, my alarm is out of warning. I don't think I'll ever make it on time. Uh, I'm gonna get Zach into a saved by the goddamned bell rant. Can't do that. I don't know that I have ever really ranted about that. I just it. It was just like finding it weird that you know, and and like everybody else, apparently she watched Saved by the Goddamn Bell. Mm. Happened at Did some it? point. Yeah, I mean, I think it, yeah. it, like now I just think of that as a thing like the Power Rangers, which mm. cultural touchstones that who, whose cusps are very near my age. Right, because it seems like basically everybody your age and younger, because we were one year apart in school, everybody your age and younger yeah. watched Saved by the Bell, and everybody my age and older didn't. Yeah, like, I was a little bit too old for Power Rangers, but, you know, it was like, File Under, Tiny Toons, and Animaniacs. Yeah. I was watching them anyway. You, my thing like that is Pokemon. Yeah. I know a couple of people my age who got into it, but it was just baffling to me that anybody anybody old enough to be my friend would be into that. Yeah. I mean, Riff, Riff is into I mean, I've known people my age who are into it. And I don't... I'm not going to look down on somebody for being into Pokemon, I don't think. Well, it's not looking down. It's just being kind of baffled. Yeah, it is. I mean, because it to me, like, when I... I sought it out at one point. I'm like, you know, I should see what this is. Because this is like a video game thing that is really popular. I should understand it. And then I played it, and I was like, wow, this is this is sort of the most mechanically boring, grindy 
like low system content JRPG I've ever seen. Like I cannot, mm-hmm. this seems like a game from 10 years earlier than when it came out. And it was, and I was just like, God, I, I don't get it. I don't get why people like, you know, I think that there's that collection aspect that people just get super into. I mean, if you, I don't need to get all the cute things. You know, there's just not like I, I think I if I if I was just a normal KOL player, I don't think that I would be a familiar completionist. I would want I would want the ones that did mechanically unique things, but I would not want a dark gel at all. Like it just wouldn't appeal to me at all. Mm-hmm. You know. Um eh. Eh, eh. Uh, Nightball says, remember the meat golem? Back a while ago, we had discussed how the meat golem potentially would be converted to a familiar. It would only protect your stuff in PvP while you were using it, and higher weights would make it more effective. This was a great idea. Please do not forget about it. I don't know that I am up for the wailing and gnashing of teeth that will happen if I do anything that makes it easier for items to be stolen in PvP. I guess that was probably... I don't remember if that has anything to do with that or not. I think it does. Um, not because I think that the people whining about it are right, but just because I know that they would whine about it. And it, so partly I don't want to listen to the whining and partly I don't want to engender a bunch of ill will for something that's yeah. not that important to me. Um, yeah. How well does the in-game strength of an enemy translate to its actual in-universe power? Is there a separation of gameplay and narrative or are dudes like Hodgman and Falls from Sky just way more powerful than the Naughty Sorceress? Well... Narratively, no. I mean, Hodgman, Hodgman is the the chief hobo, but you don't ever see him terrorizing an entire kingdom. You know, yeah. he's got he's he's got his little his little domain of petty tyranny. Maybe in a hand to hand fight, he's harder than the sorceress, but he he can't go worldwide. She's she's manipulative, you know. Like she's a powerful woman, so she does so by like you know seducing people and uh, lying. Um, False from Sky. We appreciate you again. Uh, the uh, he's just he's a figure of legend, right? Like he's that's that all of that all of that Dreadsylvania stuff is not it's not real. It's like fairy tale kingdom. Maybe not. I don't know. Is it? Is it real or is it not? Hmm. You know what was cool? Continuous Nightfall. When the Crimbomination was a thing, there was a line in the fight that described what other, other players were doing during the fight. That was awesome because it made the kingdom seem more like a world where other adventurers are moving around. I think the only thing that evokes that these days is the sack lunch skill. Uh, I'll get to that. I don't think that that's fair. How do you tend to think about world building in a massively single player online game like KOL where you want it to feel like there are a lot of other people around despite the vast expanse of the game being an entirely solo affair? I mean, there are a lot of things in Dreadsylvania that you see, you know, other adventurers doing things. I mean, to me, invoking other players in the world by just mentioning them by name seems like such a cheap, like, meaningless thing, but it's probably not. Like, it probably is a big deal to people. Yeah. And we should probably do more of it because it is so easy to do and because it has such a net positive effect on people's assessments of things you know part of the problem is that the 
the core kind of competitive and the core progressive aspects of of KOL's gameplay is antithetical to you really being able to use a lot of the tools for interacting with other people. Like you can't, you most of the time can't get buffs from other people and you can't buff other people, right? It's really only this aftercore stuff that's kind of focused on that. But like prior to Ascension, the whole game was like that. Everybody had a billion turns of every buff because people wanted to make a point about how MP was too easy to get. <laughs> um, another thing to not let slip between the cracks is turtle tamers equipping shields in their back slots, with each shield giving a new non-power creepy effect when in that slot. And it's not about that slipping between the cracks, but about deciding how to do that in a way that would not suck. Uh, finally, let's talk about torso. Jick, it's time to fix this. You know it. I know it. It's an equipment slot that maybe one in four players sees. It's confusing for a new player who sees a shirt in the mall, buys it, can't equip it, and doesn't even know what perming a skill is. Please, please rework this. It's an old leftover thing that doesn't fit in in the modern design paradigm. The joke that you don't know what your torso is may not even be worth preserving if we're going to continue to perpetuate this thing. How many times do I have to seriously ask you for something? Now, how many times do I seriously ask you for something? Almost never. If you only take one action on one thing in this post, please let it be this thing. Actually, no. Let it be the implementation of a frog-breathing dragon. Yeah. You know, in thinking about it, I, I mean, I read this thread yesterday or the day before. I guess it must have been yesterday because this was posted yesterday. But I wonder if we couldn't make everyone happy by making a quest where you had to go do some stuff for some gnomes in the desert and learn torso awareness but you can't permit right and so when you get a shirt like the thing that triggers you getting this quest is the message that you get when you try to equip a shirt and can't it's like, mm-hmm. you know, out of what fucking whatever, like you get a postcard from the desert and then you have to figure out how to get to the desert if you haven't already gotten there. And then you can go and there's just a quest. Maybe it only takes 10, 15, 20 turns that you just get torso awareness, whether you're that sign or not. And then if you are that sign, you can just buy it. And so there's still a minor benefit to being that sign, but just have it be a thing that is available to people in the first place rather than just a why is there this stuff that I can't equip what is a skill kind of thing right I think I would be entirely okay yeah. with that and I yeah I'm, I'm about I mean, that. you you I feel like are always on board with it trying to to be easier to get right you know you just want the shirt that just gives it to you um, yeah hmm. yeah yeah I feel bad for the the people who are lifelong non-ascenders but are super into the game and get their anniversary shirt. Mm-hmm. I feel bad yep. for them. I feel like we shouldn't make them compromise their principles. Uh, let's see. Ray Jen says, Somebody just mentioned durian, and it reminded me of jackfruit. Jackfruit is, ironically, a massive fruit weighing a crazy amount. How is that ironic? Uh, so, so much so that the harvest of them regularly results in deaths from head trauma. Even better, they taste like banana. So what you have is a massive killer fruit with a sexual name that tastes like a phallic fruit. Perfect ammunition for something in KOL. Can we please have some jackfruit in game? I don't, it doesn't really... That's not a sexual name. I mean, do you think yeah. a jackhammer is a sexual tool? I guess it kind... I mean... <laughs> you know, I, sure, yeah, I guess. But no more than a hammer. Like a jack-in-the-box? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, baby. 
it's just like you're getting my really like you're missing box. the point <laughs> right it's like this is how you think sex works um dun, 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 dun. jackfruit is hella tasty is though we had some in uh, jamaica on our honeymoon that was like next to the beach they had little uh station set up with just buffets of all the weird fruit that you would never buy at the grocery store because they're like four dollars a piece and you know maybe star fruit's delicious but i'm not going to pay four dollars to find out but once you're in jamaica and then you're on your like all-inclusive resort and like fuck yeah i may eat some star fruit it's probably real cheap there anyway but you you know it was good so when you said that you had jackfruit uh, on your honeymoon in jamaica i i I was immediately going to say (laughs) i'm i'm gonna plan my honeymoon in jackson hole wyoming where i will have a bunch of jicama uh, uh, because jicama and jamaica are kind of similar words they are mm-hmm. if only they sounded similar then you'd, you'd be really be taken jicama off jicama and jamaica sound kind of similar i suppose i mean they're spelled similarly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah jicama is too much work for something that doesn't really taste like anything like, if I had a, a vegetable, vegetable tree, um, if I went to a restaurant, if I went to a restaurant and got a vegetable tray, I would like it more if it had carrot sticks and celery sticks and jicama sticks on it. But if I was making those things at home, I mean, A, I would not probably ever go to the effort of cutting a carrot into carrot sticks because I'll just eat a fucking carrot. Um, but jicama is so much work to peel. And then to cut up, and then it just sort of tastes like a raw potato. That it's like, mm, I'm just not going to do that. Uh, that was a thing that I experimented with in my in my lunch. You know, my 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 furtive ministrations at arriving at a lunch that I can eat every day. They weren't really furtive. I was right out in the open at the store. It's <laughs> like I'm going to buy this jicama. Yeah, I had a. I feel like at some point in elementary school when they were introducing us to stuff, they brought in jicama and gave us a slice. It was like, this is a thing that tastes... It has the exact same texture as an apple, but no flavor at all. Like, even celery has a flavor. It's a mild one, but yeah. In a way that, in a way that jicama yeah. does not. It was like the, the absence of flavor. It's just a crunch. Which is all right sometimes, but yeah. it's. I mean, jicama is like very, very slightly sweet. Is I it? Think so. I, I, yeah. Maybe my tongue was just blown out. Maybe I just had like a nuclear well, warhead or something. That's what happens when you eat Skittles multiples at a time, right? Like you just, it, it's like you're. I lose the ability to distinguish. Yeah, you're always, flavors. you're always like. I was also smoking a pack a day. In I was third chasing grade, that so. dragon, you know. Like it's of course, of course, fruit is going to be boring next to an entire rainbow it's like yeah, i mean you're you supposed to taste. taste the rainbow but not all at once jesus christ oh i thought you were just supposed to lick your tongue across the entire mm-hmm. rainbow uh let's see mr knee says mr scullet fantastic comic quick question though comic book obviously uses the world created by kol as a backdrop how difficult do you think it would be if you needed to create a world from scratch and was there anything you considered putting in the comic story that you couldn't as it would break the rules of kol the nice thing about KOL's rules is that they are not so much rules. Yeah. As- well, you know, I feel like if I needed to create a world from scratch, it would be fairly difficult to avoid all of the other worlds that have already been created from scratch. 
like you know basic steampunk world basic fantasy world and uh but i think it could be done the as far as breaking the rules it actually went the other way i came up with a a the comic book analog of kingdom of loathing is way less weird than the game is because it needs to support a narrative so there were things that you would see in the game that i'm not putting in the book you know i got on a simple level everybody's wearing shirts yeah you know and it's but that kind of decision making like yeah the car that runs on meat is not really gonna make sense when you're actually looking at the characters interacting and it was pretty easy to feel like what would work and what wouldn't yeah i mean once you actually have to illustrate everything a lot of the weird dissonant narrative cracks show I'm not going to put Jill in the clothes that someone her like starting off level would be wearing yeah, in the game. Yeah, right. You'll put a piece of, you'll just put a piece have, of jewelry you know, on her that is something from the game or like a weird hat or whatever, but she's just going to have fucking pants on, right? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, or a cute skirt or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Fractal P says, any chance of a hint for the zombie hard mode uh, unlock mechanic? No. No. You guys, You guys will get there. Uh, two, who do you plan on voting for in the Australian federal election? Um, I missed vote because we have to vote in Australian elections six months offset, and I missed it. Yeah, sorry, Australia. I cared deeply. Uh, who the hell is that guy in the top left-hand corner, and why has it taken me five years to to notice him? That is uh, Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin. Man, we uh, watched three old Hammer Horror movies for Horror Show Hot Dog. And picked them because they were Christopher Lee movies, but we all ended up with a huge amount of respect for Peter Cushing right. afterwards. He is he is the bomb, like, 20, 30 years before Star Wars. He was amazing in all those I movies. I saw a video of him from the 60s from some show where he was painting miniatures, uh, which he does because he was, like, a miniatures war gamer in the 60s when the only miniatures war game was the one that... that who was it? H.G. Uh, Wells made up. Did you ever huh. read about that? The Little Wars? It was no. rules for a miniatures war game that H.G. Wells wrote in, I'm pretty sure, the late 1800s. And nice. it was just a lot of like... I, I, I've never actually read it, but my understanding is that rather than using like sort of what you think of now, like rolling dice or whatever, uh, combats were handled via like sort of flicking ball bearings at the other soldiers and trying to knock them over that's kind of fun let me see oh, 1913 so not not quite as old as i thought but 100 years ago still uh it included fairly simple rules for infantry cavalry and artillery in the form of a toy 4.7 inch naval gun that launched projectiles usually small wooden dowels to knock down enemy soldiers um so yeah that was crazy it was just like oh, there's grand moff tarkin painting war game miniatures 10 years before we were born like alright I would be way more likely to play those miniature games if they they were just practical combat because it it is it always seems weird to me that like the size and shape of this thing has nothing to do with its function in the game so yeah that's it could just be like a token on the ground like I know that's not very fun 
I guess if you're into miniatures. Yeah, I mean, but, a lot mm. of a lot of that I think is just collecting the things and you know spending the time painting them and making them look nice. You know, I mean, I, yeah. and the kind of people that don't enjoy that don't really do it. Um, but you know, the, and I I only ever I never have owned any Warhammer miniatures or anything. I mean, the, the closest I ever got was like me and the guys that I worked with ten years ago spent maybe 30 or 40 dollars each on those uh, kind of hero clicks style um blind packs of mech warrior sort of uh the ones with the stats on the base and real simplified rules yeah. um and i you know i played a few hours of warhammer at a kid's house that i was sort of acquaintances with in in high school but uh the the sizes and shapes of stuff did represent what it was but not not in I get like you say like a meaningful one to one way and some stuff that I thought was neat was like they had if you were like shooting a missile at a big tank there was like a transparency overlay that you would put on a silhouette of the tank right and there were like mm-hmm. this is this is the silhouette if it's at 45 degrees to you this is the silhouette if it's side on or whatever and then you would roll for where your missile went and if it hit the silhouette then it was a hit on the thing you know and maybe there were sections of it that were like oh you shot the you shot the turret off of it or whatever which i thought that was kind of cool because that was no. it was at least a nod to the physicality of it as opposed to just like this is just an abstract simulation mm-hmm. you know but it's you know there's a lot of just like measuring stuff and turns taking a really long time and also me having no tactical sense at all was always such a handicap mm-hmm. that it was just like eh, all right i just watched people play and was just kind of it was boring to watch them play it and boring in a way that it didn't seem like it would be any more fun if i were making any of the decisions yeah. it's like all the stuff looked cool but yeah the closest i got was there were a series of things that were cards that you would pop little pirate ships up yeah, out of I remember those. and fight with those and that was fun like the rules were simple enough that you could just have a little naval and battle with those really tiny little dice inside the trading card packs yeah did they that you are oh. the ones that i the ones that yeah, i no. had at least um mm-hmm. just to make it like a self-contained thing like you didn't even need to bring your own dice if you were content to use these tiny, tiny little dice. These dice were seriously, like, half a centimeter on a side. I guess, like, I got a little bit of that feeling, like, oh, these are cool little things just to see and mm-hmm. have, in addition to the game being cool yeah, to I play. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's fun to I put together I guess maybe I know that if I bought miniatures and tried to paint them, they would end up looking like shit, and then I wouldn't yeah. like them <laughs> as yeah. well as... That's exactly yeah. how I feel about that. I like the idea of it, and it's, you know, there's been times in my life where if I had a bunch of money, I might have decided to spend some of it on that, but not now, you know, I could afford to get into Warhammer miniatures, now I'm just not going to, because I know I'm never going to play it, you know? And you're never going to get up to the level that somebody who started playing it back then is. Yeah, I mean, that's that's less worrisome worrisome to me, I think, because, you know, I'm never going to be the best at anything. Mm. Um... Listen, you're the best around. Nothing's going to ever get eh, you down. That's probably true. Uh, Darzel says, 
In Drizzlevania, I really enjoyed the way that you can watch clannies getting skills in the machine. It looks like the Gallows may have had a similar spectacle based on the way there is a gawk option. Was this right? Was it decided not to do it? And if so, why? No, you know, I just, um, I kind of described to Chris how I wanted the skill machine to work, and then he did it. I didn't realize that you could stand there and spectate. I guess it makes sense, uh, given how I know that that works. Just the fact that it's updates in real time means that you have a kind of a spectator mode, which you don't in the, I, I also, I just sort of never turned him loose on the other ones to make them automatically refresh uh, the way that that stuff does. Mm. Hmm, I, you know, I might, it, it, if he, he might hear this and just decide to do it. I don't know. Um, but it's not like super important. I don't think it's confusing and I wasn't going to like, it's, it's goofy to put avatars in certain display situations like the hills the the pvp hills kind of work because there's like the floor of the hill is kind of generally in front of where the feet of the normal avatars that i draw are but not always i mean there's people that levitate above it you know and the pool works because the bottom half of it is sort of covered up by water um but having them actually standing on the gallows with the the noose would just disappear so there's no really no way to do that um, so, you know, if I had, if from the beginning I had made all avatars transparent GIFs, but even then it wouldn't work because they're anti-aliased and GIF doesn't support alpha channel transparency. So that would just look like shit if I tried to put them in front of anything anyway. So, yeah, yeah. There, there was no plan to do that. The gawk was just so that you could stand there and see, like if you get there and somebody's already standing on the trap, you see it and gawk just reloads so that you can see it if somebody has gone there in the meantime. Like for if you're waiting to pull the lever and you're waiting for the guy to be standing there and they don't tell you, you can get some feedback from the game. You know, you could theoretically do all this stuff without being in chat. You're, nobody's going to, but you could. Uh, Scully, do you ever get pissed that everybody posts about mechanics and nobody posts about jokes? Which joke do you consider optimal for speed ascending? I, um... Uh... I understand that uh, one of the things that gets people to start playing the game is the jokes, but the mechanics keep people playing, so people who have been playing for a while don't need to stroke my ego with how hilarious they think the jokes are. I woke up this morning convinced uh, that I should do this thing that I've been thinking about doing, which is to put sort of both in game and and out of game so that we could so that we could link people to this a way of a better way than radio bugbear of submitting questions that doesn't require you to have a forums account um somebody asked i don't remember if it's in this thread or not like actually it might have been somebody asked radio bugbear does anybody use radio bugbear anymore it seems like i just keep hearing questions from the same 10 people since you started using the forums i like these forum threads because you don't get the same question being asked a dozen times because you can see everybody else's questions and there's always plenty of them because if we don't make a thread somebody else does usually and it's like they're pretty good about making sure that there are questions which with radio bug bear sometimes there just weren't any if nobody was asking anything but having something else like every time i try to do a, make a better interface for radio bug bear i get hung up on the fact that like it displays those questions. You can send multiple private messages, but they're stored in multiple database tables, and so and there's not really anything linking them together. 
except that they're from the same person and they get displayed in chronological order usually. <laughs> um, so I was just trying to like, what I would like is to be able to like, if there's a question that I think would be better on the Thursday show or that I want to answer on both shows for there to be a way for me to do that and for there also be a way in game for somebody to post questions for the podcasts. Um, and I think that's probably worth doing. You know, and then just redirecting Radio Bugbear to that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things that I could, pro- I could spend an afternoon working on it, and then maybe no one would use it, and maybe we wouldn't use it. But uh, I do, I do wonder sometimes if we have changed the character of the questions by using the forums exclusively, just because it's so convenient in so many other ways. Yeah, but then it, it's so hostile for people to create a forum account these days. Yeah. And I mean, even in the face of that, there was still fucking spam showing up. Like I had to, I had to delete a spammer today. It's, hmm. I, it is, once you get big enough that you are on the radar of those fucking pricks, it's just over. There's nothing you can do. Hmm. Like, if there was an easy way for us to just charge 50 cents for a forum account, the world would be a much better place. Right, because it's like I would—I don't know—I would spend fifty cents to just be able to participate in a community, if it was the kind of community sure. that you had to pay fifty cents to participate in. The something awful forums do not have this problem. Like Metafilter comments do not have this problem. It's just the shit that insists on being free because being free makes it the most accessible, you know. And I don't know that V Bulletin has any way. Like I just—if there was just some unified internet currency thing right if if it was just as simple as a thing that they click that just paypals us 50 cents with nobody having to do anything else other than that and then they get to sign up for the account you know it's like people get people the the level of vitriol that's spewed around about that thing where facebook if you pay a dollar you can send a message to somebody who's not on your friends list i look at that and i think Man, I would fucking love that. Like, I, I think that's a bad idea. I, because it, as opposed to not being able to send them a message, it at would all? be. Yeah, because you're you want to be like to me. I'm on the side of the guy who is receiving the message that he didn't want from somebody that paid a dollar. But to I send think it that to happens him. almost none of the time. Like, I, I mean, and that's that. I, like, I suppose there are these these like theoreticals where it's like, it, honest to God, if if anyone could, if anyone on earth could get something into my mailbox for fifty cents, my physical mailbox, I would be okay with a world in which that's possible because I've been okay with a world in which that's possible for a really long time. And you know what? It's fucking fine. Like. Mm. You are not going to get so many people willing to spend a dollar to say something that you don't want to hear that it's going to actually be a problem for you. I mean, I, I just don't... To me, that seems like one of the only good ideas that Facebook has ever had. And, like, if it costs you a dollar to email somebody, everyone could publish their email address. And so if we needed something out of somebody and needed to differentiate ourselves from spam bots, just pay a dollar, send an email to this person. 
And you know, if it doesn't if it doesn't result in what we wanted, then the most we've wasted is a dollar. But we're not going to do it a hundred times and annoy them, you know. And because every email that we got from somebody that we didn't know was, you know, somebody paid for, that means we didn't get any spam that day. So everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It just seems like such an obvious solution to so many of the problems that we have to deal with that are the result of everything on the internet, everybody <laughs> on the internet insisting that everything yeah. on the internet should be free. Well, like I am perfectly okay with having a barrier of entry to talk on the forums, like a, a 50 cent charge or something to keep the riffraff down. I'm, I'm less okay with letting somebody who otherwise wouldn't be able to contact me on Facebook send me a Facebook message because they've paid Facebook money. It feels like eh, they should have to pay me money if they're going to send me a message I don't want to get. Huh. Because if they're sending me a message that I want to receive, they're going to be on my friends list already. Well, but what if it's somebody that you don't know their name anymore because they got married, right? I mean, or 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 whatever, right? Like that's the, I mean, that's the problem, right? There are no you can, but you can still do that. You can still send somebody a private message as individual but to an individual. Do you feel like when somebody sends you a letter in the mail that you should get the postage? No, I'm talking about Facebook is not selling the like means of transport. They're selling the access. And if you have it in your privacy options, I don't want to be contacted by dudes who are selling shoes. And the dudes who are selling shoes can just pay Facebook a dollar to ignore your privacy yeah, preferences. But they won't, because it's not. Then it makes you feel like. They but won't, they will. Because it's not worth it. It's never going to be worth it for them to canvas for a dollar a person. Yeah. I mean, people are paying to spam my newsfeed already. Like, I see that happen with promoted posts that every time I see them, they make me angry, but they're there and they're not going away. And the like the flip side of that is like before this change, Kingdom of Loathing could make a post and all ten thousand people who like us would see it. Now we make the post and if a bunch of people share it, three thousand or four thousand people will see it. Or we can pay extra to have it be the same level of access that it well, was right, before. But, I mean, a lot of that is because Facebook like, doesn't have a non gross kind of way shitty. to make money. Right, because nobody would pay to yeah. use Facebook. Which is why any anything that Facebook sells to any any service that Facebook is willing to sell to a user for some marginal amount of money that is worth it to that user, I support because every dollar they get I mean it doesn't really work this way in the real world, but I would like to think that every dollar they get from somebody to, you know, oh, I just wanted to send an email to John Linnell or whatever. So I'm going to pay a dollar to do this so that I can say, oh man, I love your music, man. And then, you know, he can just fucking delete it without thinking about it. I don't think that dramatically reduces his ability to live his life. But that dollar is a dollar that they didn't have to make by showing a promoted post to me about some shit that I don't care about or putting more ads in or continuing to fuck up the service because it makes it better for advertisers and worse for users, right? Like, I feel like the people who are using that buying access are the advertisers, and that's that's what the promoted post I, thing I is. 
so what I'm saying is, I would rather they make their money from somebody paying a dollar to send a message to somebody who's not on their friends list than somebody paying a dollar to show me a bunch of shit. Me and a thousand other people, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't care about Facebook. I don't care about what they do. Mm. Nothing they could do would would surprise me by being gross because what the fuck do you expect them to do? Like, what other free services out in the world have your best interest at heart? Like, none of them. Because that's not how the fucking world works. Right? And so whenever they do something that's like, all right, well, here's this thing where you can pay us a dollar and then get this thing that's worth a dollar, I'm like, okay, that sounds great. You know? You know, the postal mail, I feel like the people who send junk mail... To, to mailboxes that for some reason has gotten so cheap that it's worth blanketing entire neighborhoods with your grocery store circular or whatever and, and, it, and right. that, it, that is clearly a thing that's worth doing for them on the internet it's just free basically right you can email a million people and it costs the same as emailing one person because it scales yeah. up so so dramatically and it just renders it useless. You know, at the very least, you can't write a filter for your physical mailbox that... I mean, you can. You can just put a tube in the bottom of it that leads directly into the garbage. But then every once in a while you get a card from your grandma. And occasionally I get checks. Oh, yeah. Like a free sample of, yeah, I got free a, sample of like wheat checks. Yeah, delicious. I got a, like, I, I'll get a check every now and again from the escrow mm-hmm. for the house. And uh, I got a check from my old 401k from Signa mm-hmm. Healthcare. Mm-hmm. They they sold the company and just liquidated everybody out. So they Those escrow check. checks I always just ignore because they're always like eight bucks and... I got one that was 150 really? Huh. Yeah. Which seems strange, because then after that, like a couple of months after that, I got a notice saying more of your mortgage payment is going to be applied to escrow because your escrow account is low. And like, well, why the fuck didn't you did you mail me that check? Out right. Of I mean, that's then? why I just ignore I mean, it because then I, it never happens yeah. either. Right. Right. Like sometimes it's over and sometimes it's under. And I and I think it might just be because very there are various fluctuations in the fees for random things that are associated with it and also the valuation of your home makes your property taxes a slightly different amount every year so there's just right. more there's more or less money there earmarked for that but i mean those checks always say on them if you ignore them it just stays in the escrow account and i'm just like you know what that's fine i don't need that but mine i've never had one that high so it's that's weird i would have a hard time saying oh yeah just keep this more than a hundred dollars. Uh, Dars says, "If you dared to go down by the bay where the watermelons grow, back to your home, what might your mother ask if you saw?" Uh, I don't know. I might ask my mother what the fuck you're talking about because this is a reference that I don't get. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I play word realms with my five-year-old son. It's actually been really helping him recognize words and sight read and stuff. Here's a picture we drew together of his character Sword Slicer fighting a zombie, and then uh, and then includes a fucking adorable picture. Thank you, Dars. That is a good picture, Nars. Uh, here's a joke he tells. Knock, knock. Nathan. Who's there? Nope, it's Nathan a lion. Rawr. Yeah, that was a pretty nice. good joke. 
this girl I dated a long time ago told me a knock-knock joke that she made up when she was five years old, and I will now tell it to you. Knock-knock. Kenny. Who's there? Kenny Rogers. Kenny who? That's a pretty good, good joke. Uh, <laughs> Nip says, Jake, you're talking the root beer plus absinthe at your house party. Reminded me of good times. Specifically, listening to you and Roy on Advice Hot Dog trying new drinks every podcast. In the absence of Advice Hot Dog, is there any chance that you and Scully could start this tradition? I miss having regular suggestions on how to poison my liver and or taste buds. It would be logistically a lot more complicated for Scully and I to arrange having two copies of the weird shit that we have to buy for Advice Hot Dog cocktails. Also, turns out you do like 69 episodes of that and try to have a unique and new cocktail every time it gets real real hard to come up with something to do as a cocktail yeah like there just aren't that many things to drink that are not obviously gross you can uh you can always add the aon podcast to your listening thing they do a different drink every week and they're not above making up Mm -hmm. their own uh, like they, I need to get the recipe. They made a procrastination giant drink one week because you know they have a lot of overlap with our with our people as far as listener base. And somebody said you should drink procrastination giants on your show tonight. And I'm not gonna tell you what the drink is. You <laughs> just make it up. Okay. So they got the they got that a week a week in advance, and the night of the recording. Salsa went out and grabbed some stuff last minute and and made the drink, which seems appropriate. Yeah, I feel like, uh, but apparently it was really good. So we'll yeah, have to try figure out what it is. Let us know. Cunning Gabe says, "How far in advance do you have the anniversary items planned? What is the traditional fiftieth anniversary material in the kingdom? Uh, bone dust and uh, zero at this point. Zero. Numbat says, "I assume the backslot was made to buy them another year before running out of slots." And yep. More or less. I think we have an idea for the next one, but I don't know that it actually exists yet. Scully says, Canify 40, is there any chance we could get a list of who wrote what Tales of Dread? I swear, Tales 2 and 30, among others, have made me laugh really, really hard. You divided those yeah. up by monster, did you not? Yeah, they are. It's a little bit weird. This feeling inside. Let me use my Tales of Dread. Okay, uh. Burning Feet of Fire was me. So was Bamboom. I need you today. The Blacksmith's Wife. May so I there should be fi- chunks of are five that are you and chunks of five yeah. that are Riff. Six through ten are Riff. Eleven through fifteen are mine. Sixteen through twenty is Riff. Oh, and also twenty-one through twenty-five is Riff. And then twenty six through thirty. Yeah, are, so you got both mine. of uh, you got both of the highlights as far as Cannon Fire Forty is concerned. All right, well, thanks, buddy. Uh, HKC says, in accordance with Ape Law, we need an official review of the Prelinger Library, mostly from the SF living guys, but Scully too, if he's acquainted with it, and then links to the Prelinger Library, which is close to where I am. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know that I'm qualified to review a library. <laughs> What is it that makes this library Tick. different? I don't know. I mean, it's a library, right? It's it's, uh, it's they've got a website. There's pictures on the website of dudes reading books. I guess they have books. 
Hammered says, now for my favorite issue of the day. Are real life HOAs made of zombies or are they just called that because it appears they consumed each other's brains? When you fight your HOA and win by having the state law on your side, do they also torment you for the rest of your life or haven't you tried that yet? Any other HOA insight you could give us, no matter how seemingly insignificant, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, no. Nope. Maharito says, fun first, business second. I have a small chance of making it to next, to next month's KOL con, though if I cancel, I'll make a greater effort next time. What kind of beer do you like? I grew up in the hometown of Shorts Brewery, and I reckon not a lot of that stuff makes it out to your neck of the woods. I'm all about the dark and dirty myself, though I wouldn't know how to choose something like an IPA for someone else. Almost anything that says IPA on it is gonna, is gonna make... Uh, me and hot stuff happy at least yeah i can i can definitely dig an ipa i also do i do the super dark stout heavy yeah I, i'm not i'm not really beers. a stout or porter guy like i don't i don't go for the malty beers i go for the hoppy beers you know i don't hate a lot of beers but i just don't seek them out Mm. Uh, now about the zombie HOA business Canifier40 just told me he's tried every non-combat option with every single known dread item equipped in an inventory I've personally not been able to find any hidden feature in any of the non-combats whether via clicking on the picture or through any strangers in the choice numbers kudos for patching that foible by the way you know I didn't patch it um, but it's, it's interesting that you say that I have decided that the idea that I had when I was making all of the Dreadsylvania non-combats which is like a lot of those I didn't know how many options there were going to be when I first spindled them, so I just always made the leaving one last. Um, and mm. I think that I should just always do that so that I can put new hidden or conditional options in without it being obvious that there are gaps, because there are always <laughs> gaps. Anyway, uh, could you at least tell us if we screwed the pooch and missed something we shouldn't have gotten the first go-around, or if it's something novel enough that you can confidently say we haven't seen it yet? If it is true that he did what he said it did, then he I, he must have just missed it. Um, if if he did that, if he did, if he actually tried every non-combat option with every single known item equipped and in inventory, I don't know. I don't know how he could have missed it. It's it is not like mechanically complicated it's just unlikely to it's you're unlikely to find it by accident which is why i continue to be surprised by the fact that these like dedicated methodical searches are not resulting in anything but you don't i mean you don't need to try anything that's like super not obvious uh anyway p.s castle tower ballroom has no flavor text thanks for the quick response yeah i just forgot to write it um so i did that uh, PPS, do you have a way to hear them? Do we have a way to hear the Monday show on Monday? I can send you a link to the program that would quickly transcribe any audio to MP3 if that's the issue. No, 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 no. I mean, we the MP3 exists. We have, although I never told them that we would do this with the Monday show, and sometimes I accidentally fuck it up. We have theoretically agreed to let Radio KOL have the first crack at broadcasting these. They did ask me. And I said I didn't think that yeah. would be a problem. I mean, I would have less of a problem with it if they were broadcasting them sooner after they're recorded. And it's at like to, because at a certain at a certain point, like having to wait for that means all right. So I, I edit the shows. Like we've got our end pretty pretty tight now. Like you save the stuff to a folder that I can see. So I just you know I finish the show and then I go to dinner and then when I come back, I've got everything that I need to do to edit the show and nobody else has to do anything. But then it's like I turn it over to them, 
and I have to sort of remember at some random point after Wednesday to upload it to the archive rather than just finishing it and uploading it to the archive so people can have access to it. And it's, I don't know, man. It's, to a certain extent, I don't know how long we need to be beholden to the radio station that nobody listens to. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like I, I like those guys and I appreciate the work that they put in, but it's like, at what point are we kind of beating a dead horse with that? I feel like as long as there are people that are passionate about it, I would like to throw them a bone. And they have a, you know, it's a small community, but it is a, it's a tight-knit one. Yeah, I mean, it's just a question of whether it's worth... It would be nice if they could air it a little sooner after we yeah. recorded it, for sure. It's kind of weird that this was the only slot that they could find for us to air it. Yeah, I mean, so, so. it's just like there's the, the, everybody, you know, the tens of thousands of people who listen to the podcast get it four or five days out of date, or sometimes you know a week out of date if I don't think of it. And this is my fault. This is not the radio's fault, but they get it you know, three, four days late so that the 20 people who listen to it live get it first. And that, I don't know, that doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I feel you. It... I also feel like we've been on the yeah, show for and that quite was the a while. Last, uh, that was the last question in that thread. Wait, wait, wait. No, let me. F, F5. F5. No, that was the last uh, question in the thread. All right. Oh, well, thanks for throwing in, guys. It was a pleasure to d- address your concerns and your interesting thoughts that you chose to share with us. I have no comment. Yeah. Well, uh, my comment is that I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm leaving. I'm Jack, and I'm already gone. <laughs>